chapter three through five, and we may read 14 and 15 as well, same passage uh, together. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then in verse 13, 14 and 15, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Praise God for his word. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, let's say hi to everybody. How you doing, everybody? Y'all pretty good? Thank God for any first-time guests in the house. Thank you for being here. We'll acknowledge your presence a little bit later. And, uh, and uh, you know, so we'll do that. Make sure you fill out the Connect card, first-time guests. That allows us to reach out to you and say thanks and invite you back. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to mention a couple of things, then I'm going to jump into this word and, and uh, ask God to anoint me for his purposes to be achieved through my utterances on his behalf today. I'm unworthy to say a word, but if God would say the word, I, we, will be healed. Amen? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Saturday, uh, December 7th, that's this coming Saturday, I am meeting with the School of Leaders at 9 a.m. this coming Saturday. So School of Leaders, current School of Leaders, 2019-2020 School of Leaders, you're, you're, you're meeting this Saturday with me, you know, from, from 9 to, to 11.30, 12. Amen, somebody. Something like that, okay? So we'll see you then. And then uh, I want to thank you for uh, promoting and, and uh, investing in our family at, during our, our anniversary, the pastor's anniversary. Thank you for that. Uh, that was a little bit of exaggeration that uh, Brother uh, Scott gave. I do not send, spend 40 hours a week on a message. <laughs> that was noble, but nah, nah, I wouldn't have a life. If I, it's 40 hours just on the message. <laughs> Amen, somebody. <laughs> you know, 15, 15, something like that, maybe 15 hours. Amen, amen. So I just wanted to get that clarification. Uh, Y'all promote Christmas service, you know, get out there and promote it. Uh, New Year's Eve, you know, start talking that up among family, friends, coworkers, and so forth. Let's, let's be engaged. I need you all to be ambassadors, inviting people. Amen? Don't, don't, be, don't let rejoice be one of the biggest secrets around here. You got to get the word out. If you're getting something about, out of the experience, make sure others know about it and that uh, you assertively invite folk. Amen, somebody. Did, I, did you hear me? I said assertive. I didn't say aggressive. I said assertively <laughs> invite folk. Amen. Make sure there's a, a card, an invite card that we try to make out available out there in the lobby for you, in your pocket, in your purse, and you're good to go. Amen. It's very simple. You see somebody, you engage one for a few moments. Hey, pull out that card. Hey, I just want to invite you to church. You know, 
You know, I, I, I'm benefited by this community. Here, I want to invite you. Most people, I'm telling you, 99% going to say thank you. That's it. Now, they may throw it away when you turn your back. That's okay. That's okay. You planted a seed. And most folk won't be all right. Most folk will say thank you. Amen. And then for the rest of the folk who might be a little bit rambunctious or perturbed by the invite, uh, you know, the word says we're going to be persecuted. Thought differently of. Amen, somebody. So we're talking about this radical Jesus. He's radical. Amen, somebody. I don't think we realize the extent of it because, the cult, because of the cultural uh, distance and the, uh, the, the sometimes not, you know, having a good grasp of what they used to call in seminary the zitzen label, which was uh, the setting, <laughs> a big word for setting, you know, the setting. You know, so, so that's why it's important for us, for us to understand scripture. We have to understand what it meant before we understand what it means, you know? Who was the audience that it was intended for? What was the cultural background, the setting? You know, you know what was the city like, the context like, the, the lifestyle like, amen? What were people going through? What was the sensibilities, the, the ideologies, the, 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 the thoughts of the day, the logic of the day, amen? What were the religious practices? You know, what, 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 would this, what would that mean for us? What would be the equivalent for it today? And so in, in searching the scriptures, there's a lot more radicality than we realize. Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, just to be dubbed a king, amen, is anti-social, anti-political and governmental, Amen, somebody. It was a type of heresy and defiance and, uh, if you will, a type of coup d'etat, kind of takeover, if you will. And, and so Jesus was a threat. You know, he began to gather these huge crowds. That's threatening. And then he's teaching things that are contrary uh, to uh, the common and traditional values and approaches especially the oral tradition. He stayed mostly with the five books of the Torah and then completed and fulfilled those, those, those teachings. But, uh, but he was against the grain. Peaceful, but unusual. Amen? Peaceful, but unusual. And our response to him uh, has to be thoughtful. And how we conform to his ways, it will uh, uh, force us to be countercultural. Amen? If we're serious about it. Now, if Jesus is just window dressing, if there is a casual relationship with Jesus, if Jesus is the caboose of your life, you know, that's the last uh, train compartment as a, as a low, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a opposed to the locomotive of your life, amen, this isn't going to make much sense to you. Amen. Uh, but if we want him to be first and foremost in our lives, you'll hear it and you'll apply it. Amen, somebody. Uh, in this text, we see Jesus washing the disciples' feet. 
something that was designated and relegated to slaves, servants. You know, everybody, somebody in a dignified position, in a professional position, in a, an upstanding position didn't wash feet. You know, especially in a culture of sandals and mud and rain and you know, crust, you know, different level of crust to feet. Amen. You know, uh, you know, stuff got on your feet in them days. It's mostly open toe stuff going on. You know, and you traversing territory, it's it different. We got closed toe stuff going on now. And we know how to avoid the mud and the rain. You know, we have sidewalks. Amen, somebody. Paved roads. You know, but just think walking in the woods. <laughs> in the mud and the rain and the dust and the dirt, you know, that's going to be some accumulation of some stuff. So, you know, so it was a common practice coming to the home and uh, one of the slaves would, servants would wash your feet so you could come in the home and not track up a whole lot of debris. And so Jesus takes his clothes off, wraps himself in a towel, takes up the instruments of a slave, a towel and a basin, and, and pours water over his disciples' feet as an example that the way up is down. It's an inverted principle. It's a radical approach. It's different. It's unusual. It's, it's, people of privilege and, and, uh, and, and position didn't do this. Religious leaders didn't do this. Amen, somebody. So, so he's coming against uh, the, the, the cultural mores and the social stratification of the time, the, this differentiation between class. He's coming against that. Amen, somebody. And he is, uh, he is also modeling something for us. You know, I love the fact that God doesn't ask us to do anything that he doesn't do. Amen, somebody. Nothing that he doesn't participate in. He, he asks us to serve, and he serves. He asks us to praise, and he praises the Father. He asks us to forgive, and he forgives. He, he asks us to trust God, and he had to trust his own Father, Heavenly Father. You know, they're, they're part of each other. They're, they're, they're part of each other, but, but he has to trust and depend and accept and believe and show allegiance and loyalty. He, he shows the way. Amen. He, he gives us an example in every regard, examples of service, examples of sacrifice, amen, uh, examples of tolerance, examples of forgiveness and non-retaliatory, vindictive spirits. He, he, he gives us the way. He loves folk who are, or who are off limits and who are outcasts, amen. They come into his radar, you know. The other folk, religious leaders, they, they won't even come in close proximity to women, but he's ministering to women. They won't, definitely won't come to, in close proximity to those who are sinful, so he's ministering to sinners. Definitely won't come in co close proximity to somebody who's a, who's a mafioso, you know, a kind of a gangster's type, but he's ministering to, to, to tax collectors and prostitutes. Amen. He's crossing over. Uh, and, uh, and he's making the playing field flat, not jagged, not a ladder, 
but it's flat. Amen? You know, cultures are still stratified. They're still, we still have these ladders and a pecking order and, you know, uh, you know uh, just this whole system of, of, uh, of who, you know, of, of who's more important, you know, based on, you know, white collar, blue collar, you know, professional uh, or vocational or occupational, you know, we got, got this stratification, this differentiation that takes place in the culture. But Jesus breaks it all down. Paul goes on to say that he broke down the middle wall of petition between us. He says there's no, no slave or free, no, no male or female. Breaks it all down. Amen. And in the midst of our interaction with the culture, we got to learn how to break it all down and make things more flat. Amen. That means respect folk, love folk. He made this differentiation between, you know, the rich and the poor. He traversed that distance. Amen, somebody. He basically said, you know, there's no differentiation. Matter of fact, he said about himself, he says, I was rich, but I became poor for your sake. Amen. A manger, born in a manger, born in meager, with meager means, born in impoverished conditions, and born in, 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 you know, raised up in Galilee. You know, a ridiculed community, a poor community, a ghetto community, basically. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, you know, those who were learned and educated and more prominent and had more status, they said, can anything good come out of Galilee? Amen. You put your own different communities that you know of in there. Can anything good come out of that community? Amen. That's, that's the question that was asked about Jesus' background. You know, how is he qualified? How, how can, and, and, and even when he talked, he talked to, uh, uh, to uh, religious leaders, and he didn't hold his punches. You know, he was critical of them. Uh, and, 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 and he was, <laughs> in some instances, just downright rude. You know, he, he said about the Pharisees and scribes one time, he said they, like, they were like whitewashed sepulchers. You know what that means? That means that uh, they're like gravestones that's been painted over white. A sepulcher is a grave place. He said they like dead men's bones up in there. They all corrupt and messed up. You know, they looking good on the outside. They got all this religious regalia and paraphernalia. You know, they, they, got, they got it going on in terms of how they look on the inside. But inside, they remind me of the dead. Amen. They're dead. You know, their devotion is, is about themselves. And, 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 and folk got mad because he was with sinners and tax collectors and that he's blaspheming di different teachings and oral traditions that, that he's healing folk on the Sabbath, that, that he's working on the Sabbath, that he even called the father Abba, which means daddy. They got mad about that. Who, who are you, why are you going to call God your daddy? Amen, somebody. You know, and, and these violations that, that uh, took place, he stung religious leaders. And he talked about Samaritans and, and Jews. You know, that's, that's equivalent to talking about the, the Ku Klux Klan and, and African Americans. They don't mix. <laughs> Amen, somebody. White nationalists and African Americans. We don't mix where we are. We don't. We see a Klux coming, we're going to get out the way. Can I get a witness in the house? And, and so Jesus is talking about 
in, in valuing folk who should be devalued and discounted. Amen. And that's who he's valuing. He's forgiving folk. Who gives you the power and authority to forgive somebody? Who does that? You know, you forgiven. <laughs> Come on now, who does that? You know, wouldn't that be presumptuous? Wouldn't that be, you know, arrogant to concede it? Aren't you talking about having power that you really don't have? You don't have a throne. You know, the king could potentially quit or, or pardon somebody. You don't have no throne you're sitting on that you can exercise that kind of authority to forgive somebody of their sins. Who are you to take that on? You know, who are you to walk in the temple? You don't have any authority in the temple at all. And who are you to walk in the temple, start throwing tables, you know, up, you know upside down, and, you know, cleansing the temple, pulling out, you know, hidden folk, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, you've, you, you've turned my house into a place of, of thieves. This is a house of prayer. Who are you to declare the function of the temple when you don't have clergy rights, you, you haven't been ordained, you ain't been to the seminary, nothing. Amen? So the radicality of Jesus is in many instances is underestimated. And, and here he is also stirring up crowds. He's so popular that thousands of people are coming out to hear him. You have to understand, thousands of people, these aren't big cities, these aren't large cities. You know, this is a significant amount of the population that's showing up to hear him preach and teach, to see the signs and wonders that he performed, praise God. So when you're talking about thousands, you're talking about a big majority. You can imagine a politician being kind of threatened. You know, he already got all the votes. Amen, somebody. He, he's already starting to convert people to his way of thinking. He's already popular, charismatic. So this dude was a threat. Amen, somebody. A threat to status quo, and he paid the price. Amen, somebody. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus said, you know, just because you say you love God don't mean you love God. You know, you can say that all you want to. All kind of people get up and say they love God. Amen. It tickles me on the uh, award shows. Gangster rapper step to the stage. I love Jesus. Well, your song don't say that. You know, the songs say you compromised. Songs say you accommodated to the culture. The song says that you conform, that you that you are promoting profanity and uh, you know and devaluing women. You know and. Uh, and, and, and speaking up some stuff that, that just ain't godly. Amen? So we can say we love God all you want to. You can give Jesus the praise and the honor and the glory and credit for your criminality if you want to. <laughs> your lack of judgment. Amen, somebody. But the truth is the truth. Jesus said, hey, some folk I don't even know. They're calling on me, but I don't really know them. Amen? The question is, do you really know Jesus? Not that you're usher, do you know Jesus? You know, not that you're on the hospitality team, do you know Jesus? Not that you work in the behind the scenes, getting, do you know, love, profess, claim, act upon the word of God? Are you concerned about making sure that you are discerning God's will for your everyday life? Are you making expensive decisions for Jesus? 
Amen, somebody. Jesus required us to make some expensive decisions. It's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. He said, if any man or woman would come after me, let them deny themselves daily. Take up the cross and follow after me. That sounds like a little bit of a sacrifice to me. Amen, somebody. So, 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 so he wasn't, you know, this assertive love, this ex these expensive decisions that Jesus calls us to make, this allegiance that he gives and the symbols that he unleashes are, are potent and powerful. When you think about uh, the basin, the symbol of a slave, that's, that's a symbol of, a mi of ministry, a symbol of service. You know, not being served. He said, that, that ain't what mattered to me, but serving. Amen, somebody. He said, look, look, if you're going to follow to me, you might have to lose your life in order to gain your life. Amen, somebody. So again, a radical statement. The cross, a symbol of death. Amen. A tool of death, but promoted to something very different. Amen. By Jesus. Some of y'all got crosses on today. Hey, do you realize you got some a heinous symbol of death on your, around your neck? Amen, somebody. This was one of the most excruciating methods of, of execution ever devised in human history. But he's converted the cross, amen, into something totally different. Amen. And then the tomb, the basin, the cross, the tomb. The tomb is the final word. That means death. But guess what? He overcomes death in the grave. Takes the sting right out of it for you and I. So resurrection power is birthed because of Jesus. So Jesus gives us a light to, right to the tree of life. He gives us a right to abundant life, to eternal life, to everlasting life. He is the giver of life. Amen. Life everlasting. And, and, and he shows us the way. Are you, do you have a basin, a willingness to serve? Do you have a cross? Amen, somebody. See, some folk get the cross twisted. Some folk think that every time I have trouble, trauma, difficulty, accidents, you know, sickness, disease, hardship, suffering, you know, that's my cross. I got a cross to bear. Amen, somebody. I'm bearing the cross. That's not how the cross is depicted in Scripture. The cross is a deliberate, intentional decision. It ain't something that just came on you. It's something you pick up. It's something you choose. It's, a, it's not an accident. It's intentional. It's deliberate. So the cross has to do with service and sacrifice. Amen, somebody. Not accidents and trauma. Amen. Now, if you produce some service and sacrifice out of an experience of accident and trauma, yeah, it's possible to cross if you decide to do good after bad happened to you. Amen, somebody. But the cross is not just everything bad happened. Yeah, I got a cross to bear. No, you ain't bearing the cross until you pick up something Jesus wants you to pick up. When you, when you do something that Jesus wants you to do, when you act on something that Jesus wants you to act on, when you deliberately and intentionally decide to serve or sacrifice, that's the cross. Amen? I choose it. See, it, it wouldn't be a cross that Jesus, you know, wants us to pick up if I couldn't shake it off, if I didn't have to do it. 
Amen. If I have a car accident, I ain't got no choice but to try to get healed up. Amen. I don't have a choice. So, so a cross is always about a choice. Amen, somebody. I hate to burst your bubble. Oh, I got a cross. No, you may not have a cross. Not yet. If you ain't picked up nothing for Jesus, have you picked up something for him? Amen. Have you decided to follow after him? Amen, somebody. You know, the scripture talks about, and the king will answer them, Matthew 25 and 40. Truly, I say to you, as, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, talking about judgment, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry. This is Jesus talking. And you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked. You did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? That's the cross. Doing something for Jesus. Feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick. Amen, somebody. Giving, serving, teaching, loving, forgiving, lending, going. That's the cross. Do I go for Jesus? You know, do I, do I, do, what's my going in and coming out? Does anything that, of that relate to Jesus? Truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of these, you did it. Not, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. He's saying the cross is something you do. Amen, somebody. Luke 6 and 40 says, why, why do you call on me, Lord, Lord, and not, and not do what I tell you to do? Amen. Luke 10, 37, he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Amen. So go and do like I've done. Be like me. Amen. Behaviorally, be like me. Decision-wise, be like me in how you treat people. It's something you do. The cross is how we do, how we how we bear up, praise God, under a countercultural pressure to be something different. Amen. You know, uh, there's pressure out here. And there's also a misinterpretation of Scripture that tells us that everything about God is about success. Amen, somebody. The truth of the matter is, you, if you're really following Jesus, it may slow down your success. You know, so it may slow it down. It, you know, you may see a shortcut or a, 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 a faster route to success by acting and doing like the world. But if you're acting and doing like Jesus, um, your path may take you a little longer. Amen, somebody, because you may be unwilling to compromise. You may not be willing to fudge that, uh, that, uh, that financial sheet. You may not be willing to to doctor up those plans. It, you may not be willing to, to do what it takes to fudge things and move this over here, move this over there, and then you look like you're going straight down the middle. You may not be willing to compromise. Amen, somebody. So you're going to move slower. Boss might be mad at you. I couldn't, I was unable to do that. You might lose a job because of conviction. Amen, somebody. I, I'm not able to do that. Amen. I'm not able to play the game as it goes. I'm, 
I'm going to do things a little differently because I'm of the faith. Amen. You may even be persecuted because you're of the faith. Because you're of the faith, you might wind up being a whistleblower. Whereas, you know, otherwise you'd be like, hey, I'm just going to live and let live, child. To each his own. You know, I ain't in his business, he ain't in mine. That ain't none of my business. I, I, I ain't weighing in on that. I'm going to let that go. Let bygones be bygones, you know. I'm just moving on. I'm living my life. Let them live their life. That's not the attitude of a person of faith. A person of faith got to, st got to stand up. The per person of faith has conviction and courage. A person of faith will stand out, praise God. A, a person of faith will stand up. Amen. That means we could get caressed. Amen. You know, a person of faith is connected to the family, the fold, the body of Christ. You know, it got, kind of gets me that some, some people feel like they can be of the faith and not of community. They want to be kingdom, kingdom wandering vagabonds, independent agents, mercenaries for the faith, out there on their own, mavericks doing their own thing. You know, no level of comp compatibility, no level of community. And then the kingdom don't get the credit for what you do. You're just being philanthropic. Amen. You're just trying to be a good person. It's not going to be accredited to the church, the kingdom, the kingdom's account, what you do. So you're just out there doing your own thing. Amen. So people think community is not important, especially in this age and era. You know, a, a, a devaluing of community. Jesus said, I gave my life for the church. That's the language he used. I gave my life for it. Amen. In other words, broken people. He said, now he, ju he judges. He said, I'm going to judge the church. Wheat and tares, weeds and flowers going to be in here together. I'm going to come and make the separation. That's my job. Amen, somebody. But, but I came to establish a church. And he said, gave Peter, Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's his promise about the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. So the question is, are we doing any clothing? Are we doing any feeding? Are we doing any visiting? Are we doing any care and concern for other people? Amen. That's what we're going to be judged by. Luke 9 and 23, and said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself Take up the cross daily and follow up with me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits? Some version says his soul or himself. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Amen, somebody. So he says, you're going to lose yourself in me. Gain some stuff. Lose yourself. That's, that's, that's walking in me. Jesus had some radical commands and, and uh, recommendations. Amen, somebody. He was, he was powerful. He said that basically, let me just summarize it in words that we understand, that personal ambition has to be sacrificed if you're going to be a person of faith. So I got to sacrifice. I got to put my personal ambition 
try to spiritualize and discern God's will for my ambition. Not that we should, be, that ambition is a bad thing, but ambition aside from and apart from glorifying and honoring God is a bad thing. Amen? So, so my appearance of success may clash with the kingdom's agenda. Amen, somebody? So, 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 so there's consequences for serving God. Some folk are ashamed of Jesus. Everybody ain't going to hear about the Jesus in you because, you know, you're a little bit embarrassed to mention that, that you might be a so-called holy roller. Amen, somebody. Or you might be a tither. People think that's absurd to consider giving that much money to the church. Or you out of your mind. You know, lost it. Amen, somebody. So, so it's criticism, ridicule. These, these symbols that Jesus birthed, the basin, the cross, the tomb, they're different from the symbols of the world. The symbols of the world in that day was the sword, the shield, the chariot, the white stallion, the war machine. Amen. Those were the symbols of affluence and wealth and riches. Those were the symbols. But Jesus says the way up really is down. Amen, somebody. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That, that don't make good walking around sense. Amen. But test the principle, if you will, and see if God will not open up the windows of heaven pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive because it is a faith venture that we enter into and engage in in this life of service and sacrifice. And the word of God says without faith it is impossible to please God. Amen somebody. Amen. So, so Jesus says it's good to be at the bottom. It's good to humble yourself. It's good to sacrifice and serve. It's good to get your hands dirty. It's good to have an allegiance to me that, that means that you're going to make expensive decisions. I'm going to be willing to sell. You know, Jesus invited one guy to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come follow after me. Guy said, I can't do that. Another guy said, look, just give. Another person, he says, love. Not just love everybody, anybody. Not just love the folk that are fashionable and popular. I want you to love your enemies. Wait a minute, nah. Love enemies. Love the folk that done me wrong. Love the folk that frustrate me, agitate me, irritate me. Love them folk. Love them folk that stabbed me in the back, did me wrong. Amen. Can I get a witness out there? Love these folk. How are we going to love these folk? Jesus said it's possible. You can do it. With the infilling of the spirit of Christ, you can do it. With the fruit of the spirit, you can do it. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, kindness, gentleness, perseverance, patience. You can do it, praise God. These are the stellar achievements in the sight of Christ. Achieving the power to love the unlovely. It's easy to love folk who love you. Amen, somebody. It's easy to love people who are doing things for you, who are contributing to your household who are blessing you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Amen. Jesus said, you got a lot of folk who ain't got nothing to contribute. But venom. And have mercy on them. He got the point. Snake venom. Amen. So we got to love people in spite of themselves. Be able to attach the person from the problem. Love them anyhow, praise God. That's a journey. It's a walk. It's a prayer life. 
It's a meditation life. It's a study of the Word of God that gives us the power to achieve that. Amen, somebody. So, 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 so I'm allegiant to Christ. Are you? You know, some people from other cultures, they said some of the things that they're fascinated by when they visit the United States is that we do the Pledge of Allegiance so often. Amen, somebody. You know, sporting events, I pledge allegiance. What, you know, any kind of pub, public, I pledge allegiance. Anybody know the pledge of allegiance? Pledge of allegiance, let's do it. The pledge of allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Everybody know that. Now, let's do the affirmation of faith. Oh, y'all ain't memorized the affirmation? Some folk do, but y'all don't, everybody don't have an affirmation of faith memorized? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. A little weaker, a little weaker. <laughs> so they're fascinated by the, the, uh, the constant allegiance to the flag. Amen, somebody. Trying to make sure we nationalize y'all. Trying to make sure y'all got allegiance to the nation. We're going we're gonna to make sure y'all patriots. Make sure you're willing to give it all. Amen. Even go to a war that me you may not even agree with. Amen. But you got allegiance to the flag. And you got to fight the good fight. Praise God. But Jesus has a different flag. Different symbols that we comply to. That we align with. That we show allegiance to. The cross. The basin. The tomb. Praise God. Resurrection. Ministry. Overcoming power of Jesus Christ. Allegiance to him is important. He wants to know that you're faithful. He wants to know that you're loyal. He wants to know that you're committed. He wants to know that you're willing to sacrifice. He wants to know that you're willing to serve. And our service to him must supersede, must be elevated above any other type of service. Amen, somebody. You know, we, anything derails us from service to God. Have mercy, Lord. You say, well, uh, yeah, sometimes anything, you know, profession, occupation, vocation, hobbies, leisure, you know, uh, you know, that stuff can say, hey, I ain't got time for church today. I ain't got time, you know, to pray or study no word today. I got stuff to do, things to do, people to see, places to go. I'm busy. So our occupation, our preoccupation with life and living can derail us from giving God, through Jesus Christ, the attention and time that he deserves. Amen. Worship means worth. So I'm worshiping when I'm valuing Jesus. If I'm not valuing Jesus, it's not true worship. And the word of God says that we got to worship God in spirit and in truth, praise God. So when I bring truth and spirituality and spiritness to my worship, praise God, when it costs me something, it costs my willingness to sacrifice, it costs my willingness to serve, praise God, then it's real. God wants to see it all real. He doesn't want fake, counterfeit, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, the values that are kind of absurd values. He, want, he don't want to be the caboose in your life. He wants to truly be the locomotive, the engine that, that, that allows you to take off 
to be empowered by him. He wants you to discern, even in the midst of your leisure, even in the midst of your hobbies, even in the midst of your occupation or your vocation, praise God. He wants you to discern, how do I honor him right where I am? I spend maybe most of my time on the job. How can I love on him and represent him and be an ambassador, an emissary on behalf of the kingdom right where I am? How can I show the love of God in my context, in my circumstance, in my situation, praise God? How can I show people that I love and serve God right where I am? Discern the Christian input that's needed in every part of my life. Amen, somebody. So I'm asking you, God, show me the way. The cost of discipleship in Luke 14, 25, I'm almost finished. Now great crowds accompanied him and turned and said to them, if anyone comes, does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. Ain't this radical? Yes, and even his own life, he can't be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, the cost of construction, whether he has enough to complete it. Amen. In other words, it's a calculation. It's a deliberation, amen? It's a pondering of what it's going to cost. Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and not able to finish, all who see it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, would not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the others yet a great way off, he sends a delegation to ask for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. There's a call, a clarion call to discipleship, but it ain't cheap grace. It's going to cost. And when we invest in the things of God, we can't outgive God. We can't out you know, love God. God always responds beyond what we can imagine or think or fathom. That's what the scripture says. That far beyond what we can imagine, God responds and blesses our lives. And we, but, we, but it costs us to, to put something in. Amen? An expensive decision. Amen? It's not by accident that we carry the cross. It is by intentionality that we carry the cross. We don't become light you know, easily, we, we light up the world because we're opposed to darkness. Amen, somebody. We don't become salt. Salt means we give taste to the world, praise God. So I got to decide I'm going to be salty. I'm going to be full of light. We don't become leaven. Leaven is the thing that raises the bread, Jesus said. You know, it, it's, it's the stuff that raises it up. We raise up this banner of Jesus Christ. We hold the vanguard of Christ up high in our lives, in our behavior, in our disposition, in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. So God is calling us to enter into this radicality that Jesus has called us to. Jesus loves us, but he came to be counterculture. He came to set up a new nation. He came to set up a new life. He came to set up a new direction. He said that there would be a narrow path for us to follow if we we're going to follow him. He said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go therein, and 
narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there'll be that find it. Are we a part of the bold, the proud, the few? Won't you stand all over the church? I want to invite somebody to make a decision for Christ, to take up his logic, to take up his ideology, to take up his thinking, to take up his grace, to take up his love, to take up his sacrifice, to take up his service, to take up his commitment, to take up his conviction, to take up his dedication, to take up his discipline, and he's the one that empowers us to achieve. We don't do this in isolation. We do this in collaboration, in cooperation with a loving and a good God, a God who loves us, and a God who wants to add us to the team. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He wants to add you to the team. You on team Jesus? Are you on team Jesus? Somebody say, yes, I am. Come on, say that boldly. Are you on team Jesus? Yes, I am. Amen. To sign up for any good organization is going to take an investment, time, energy, treasure. Amen. It's calling. Come. Come unto me, all that are laboring and heavy laden. And he says, I will give you rest for your souls. Come receive your rest. Come receive your reward. Come to be blessed. Come to be engaged and activated in his work, will, and ways being achieved in your life and in ours, in the community of believers. So I want to invite somebody to make a decision to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to let him have his way in your life today. Don't put this off. Don't procrastinate. I ask you to come now. The word says, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father who's in heaven. So he wants to recognize you. He wants to acknowledge you. Me. So we give somebody a chance to publicly do that today. We're going to worship for a few moments. We invite you to come. Thank you, Jesus. Give God some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Yes, I do. With all of my heart, we sing. Thank you for your blessing. Love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Come on, lift that up one more time. Say, I love you. Say, I love you. Say, I love you. We love you, Jesus. Say, I Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Come on, lift him up. Come on, say, Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. 